in a lot of ways, you could write the history of recruitment marketing and technology in a single sentence. Make the application process shorter, right? Isn't that kind of what we've all been doing for a long, long time? One click apply, uh, link to LinkedIn, and it absorbs all the information. Let's call that an application. Uh, send me your email address, and we'll apply. How do we make this process? You know, very, very simple, right? We started at the at the peak of just peak stupid ATSness. That is, it's a database that only recruiters should ever touch or see. Slapped a, a web interface on it, called it a web-enabled tool. <laughs> You pull out when you believe them, um, pushed it out in the world, and then you wondered why people complained about how it took an hour to apply for a job. It's like I l- uploaded my resume. Why am I retyping my resume? This makes no sense. Correct. It makes no sense. And it took a lot of shouting, a lot of cajoling, a lot of begging, um, and I was part of that process uh, where we showed you, hey, if it takes 45 minutes to apply for a job and it takes 45 seconds to apply for a job, which one of these is going to get more drop-offs, Right? Very simple. Everything was about how do we cast that net as wide as possible. The biggest possible failure in the application process was someone walked away. <gasps> oh no, someone walked away because of my stars and garters. And that was my weird shocked voice. I don't know what that was about. Look, this is, this is all new to me. I mean, I'm just learning like you are, right? And sometimes I learn a little bit about myself. Anyway, the whole process. The whole concept, the whole idea, make the application shorter, which became code for make the application easier, right? And then you get parsing tools that look at a resume and go, that's a name, that's an address, that's a company, that's a date. Let's kind of fill this out as best we can, but we'll keep it hard copy, a quote unquote hard copy on file so the recruiter can go, this application looks like crap. Let me open the resume. Oh, that's what they meant to say. Got it, right? Mobile, mobile, just double down on that. How do you apply in mobile hard? You know, you know, in a hard way. You can't expect anybody to type their application in on a mobile. On top of which, chances are they don't have their resume on file anymore. Well, that's not probably true anymore. But get right that mobile question, the mobile problem, exacerbated, reinforced the idea that we had to make it simple. Guess what? We've reached peak simple, and I think we've gone too far. And I'm going to talk about that. So we'll be right back. Hold on your tight. Hold on to your tight. Hold on to your. Good God, fourth cup of coffee has made me insane. Hold on tight. Here we go. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the world's most caffeinated employer brand and recruiting podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis. Thanks so much for listening. If this is your first time for joining in, we do things a little differently. We try and do deep dives. There's not a lot of interviews here. There's not a lot of news here. This is about how do we get smarter and better? And that means how do I get you smarter and better? How do I get you to think about these problems at a deeper level so that you can solve them and look like a genius to your boss? If this isn't the first time you've been here, thanks so much for returning. Feel free to share with your friends, your coworkers, your boss. I don't know. Uh, We really do appreciate that. All right, let's get into it. Hey, how you doing, James Ellis? I'm probably not going to trim that last bit out. That was a mistake, and you know, hey, I very like, I very rarely like to trim things. Um, usually, it's because I've. Com- Here's the secret: the only time I trim things is when I start to uh, start a point, and I kind of go, "Oh, where was I going?" And it doesn't come to me in the first three seconds, and I got to go look at a whiteboard. I got to go think about it. That's when I cut things. It's never about screwing up. You get all my screw ups, kids. Sorry, thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, uh, housekeeping um, one. 
I'm recording two episodes at the same time, so it, if you were here for last week's adventure in uh, meaning, which, ooh, big subject, uh, this one will be a little different, um, still Chicago Air and Water Show, still going to be planes flying by. Congratulations, everybody. Um, just so you know. Also, Higher Conf in New York and RecruitCon in Nashville. I should probably buy my tickets. Yes, I should. But I'll be there and I'll be speaking. So if you know me and you come see me or listen to the podcast, I have stickers. Anyway, otherwise, what do you want to talk about? Oh, yeah, that's right. So here's the deal. We've made applications way too hard. I mean, way too easy. Way too simple. Way too one click. I myself admittedly, have gone on some fairly lengthy in, uh, interview processes, never intending to take that job. But it was good practice. I was intrigued by the company. I wanted to know what they were all about. I wanted to know what this job was all about because I'm an employer brand nerd, and occasionally I'll apply for employer brand jobs just to go, I wonder what they mean by employer brand. I wonder what that job, what that job really looks like because that job posting meant nothing. Or that's a weird company. I wonder what their issues are. I should go and you know, interview because it's super easy to apply. And I'm not saying I get every interview and every application turns into an interview. You, you know, I'm honestly at least half to two-thirds of my apl- applications got rejections pretty quickly. And I don't know why, but there you go. I don't know who they were looking for. They didn't like me, but there you go. That's life. That should tell you how complicated the world is. But I would go on, you know, phone interviews. I've even gone on in-person interviews just to see, just because they made it so gosh darn easy for me to apply, to interview, and show up. If you're listening, it wasn't one of you, I promise. Anyway, um, and that's, you know, okay, I get that I'm weird on so many levels. I get that I'm the weirdo there. I get that I'm strange. Um, I love resumes. I love writing resumes. I love interviewing. I do. I do, I do, I do, I do. Um, I, again, weird. I get it. I know that, you know, writing a resume and interviewing is right up there with public speaking for most people about things they love to do. Um, my wife, uh, her side job is to help people write better resumes because even insanely smart people hate to write their resumes. It's just a weird gene that I have that makes me go, cool, I can't wait to tell a marketing story of my career, and I'm the weirdo. I get it. Anyway, we've made it too easy. Now, I'm going to shout out my friend Sean Gray. Hey, uh, Sean, Sean, Shane. I am drunk. Oh, this is going to be an episode filled with blunders. Shane Gray over in Dublin. Hey, Shane. Um, not Sean. Who is Sean? Um, <laughs> Shane is wicked smart, and he uh, uh, runs a company called or co-runs. I don't know exactly the situation. Clinch. So not a promote, not a promotion or a recommendation. Though if you're sleeping on Clinch, if you're looking at other software, look at Clinch too. I think it's great stuff. Um, that's I didn't get paid for that, but. He gets access to a lot of cool, you know, cool data on the back end, meaning he gets to see, because it's at one of those recruitment marketing platforms that sits on your ATS, he gets to see a lot of how candidates react and how they respond and what works and what doesn't. And where, when I worked for the agency that will remain nameless, when I worked for them, we also had a recruitment marketing platform that sat on top, top of your ATS, but it was before really the analytics made any kind of sense. And mostly we were looking for things like, hey, if they see, con- first off, do they even see the content we wrote? And if they do, how does that impact their lives? And when we could break it down to say, hey, entry-level people, when they saw a lot of content, they ran away. And uh, uh, experienced people, when they saw a lot of content, they were more likely to apply. That was like a massive thing four or five years ago. That was like a huge thing. We proved it. We've been saying it for a very, 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 very long time. But here, we proved content has an impact. Shane's got some cool stuff. And one of the cool stuff, as well as the theory that he has, which I, I buy, I buy, I think there's a lot of validity, and I'm, it's going to 
part of the seed that is this episode. Um, one of the things is that we've made it too easy to apply, that people apply simply because it's easy. Now, I used to tell a story, completely true, that when I go to apply for a job, I'm going to read the whole job posting, I'm going to look at the company for a minute, I'm going to look and see if I understand it, I'm going to put five minutes into it to think about it, to do my research, to do my due diligence, before I hit the button that says apply. My little sister, who is now, gosh, she's old, I, at the time she was 25, I think she's quite a bit older, I think she's like 28 now. Uh, 27, 28, um, she just hit apply because she just graduated school. She was living on my couch, literally living on my couch in Chicago for three months, looking after my kid and applying for every job that literally had a button that said apply. And she just hit apply, 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 apply. She was a button masher. It was a law of big numbers. Eventually, if I hit this button hard enough and as many times as I can, someone will eventually call me. Please, 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 right? That was the process. And the goal wasn't to get a job. The goal was just to get anybody to pay attention to me because she was completely undifferentiated. She looked like every other, I just graduated from a public institution college kid as every other one of which in the Chicagoland area, you're talking a couple, couple tens of thousands, right? I think that's fair. Anyway, come back to today when we've made it easy for everybody to apply. And even people like me go, yeah, I'd like to apply just to see what's going on. I know that there are people who apply for jobs just to get more insider information on the company, to learn about the company. Maybe it's uh, malicious and maybe it's completely innocent. Not important. The fact that we've made it easy has made our lives harder. Now, let me explain that. When we make it too easy to apply, people just apply. You have what's known as no skin in the game. It's very easy for me to say, I think women should all wear purple. Why? I'm not a woman. Doesn't impact me at all. Maybe I just like the color purple. There's no skin in the game. There's no impact to me. I, if I, so long as I haven't made my wife or my daughter mad at me or a handful of friends at me, what do I care? I can make these crazy claims all the time. And then you can, and the narrator says, jump to, <laughs> insert your new site of choice. Um, it, true, but and also completely unrelated. Um, but it's very easy to have an opinion. It's very easy to say, that's stupid. It's very easy to say, they should go back to where they came from. It's very easy to say, it's all a big conspiracy. It's very easy to just say those things if you've got no skin in the game. If you didn't take more than half a second to form that opinion, if having that opinion ha makes no impact on your life whatsoever, except to do, except only to make you feel better about yourself for being so smarter than everybody else, which seems to be the motivating factor in, insert Fox News here, uh, or your other side, I don't care, it's not a political thing, you know my leanings by now, we've discussed this. Anyway, it's very easy to have that opinion. It's very easy to apply. It's very easy to say, that's stupid. It's too easy. And when we make it too easy in this, for the sake of opening that net as wide as possible to accept every possible application, to never miss a single potential applicant, you make your recruiter's lives harder. You do. No recruiter says, oh, thank goodness, there's 500 applications. They've never said it. Never, ever, 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 ever said it. Never said it. Never thought it. Never said it. Yeah, sometimes they go, oh, crap, there's only five people who applied for this job. But that's before they look at the resumes and say, yep, all five of them were crap. That's bad. <laughs> Better go write an ad. Uh, maybe they look at those five and go, yeah, you know, only five people apply, but three of them are really interesting. Then they're not mad anymore, are they? Suddenly they're actually thrilled. They only had to read five resumes to figure out who was any good. And they found someone who might be worth hiring. That's a win. 
right? The Platonic ideal, and by that I mean Plato himself would say the perfection of a recruiting is you only get one application per rec, but it's the perfect candidate every single time. That is the old, that is the Nirvana utopian Platonic ideal of recruiting. Anything more than that is wasted energy and resources. But because we're terrified of missing out, we go ahead and burn those recruiters' resources. Similarly, because hiring managers have effectively no skin in the game, they say, yeah, go ahead, push that application out to as many people as possible. The recruiter will handle it. Not me. I'm still only going to interview three or four people. The recruiter's got to deal with that crap. Their hiring manager doesn't have any skin in the game. It doesn't matter what their, their opinion is. It doesn't matter what they say. There's no, the outcome doesn't impact them, right? So this is a complicated manner. So let's go back to Shane. Let's go back to Shane's data. And what, one of the things that Shane knows, and I buy, like I said, I've seen the data, I buy it, is the idea that people who read the content about your, your website, and remember this is, you know, this is long after I you know, helped figure out that reading content for certain segments was good, he learns that not only does reading the content change people's perceptions of your brand, but in fact, the more content they read, if they watch the video, not only are they more likely to apply, they're in fact more likely to get hired. And he supposes, and I have no reason to reject this claim, that not only are they more likely to get hired, they're probably more likely to be better, can better, better uh, employees, right? These are people who watched your five-minute video, your talking head video, your people doing work, people talking about why they work, and they went, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. This sounds like me, and they're far more likely to embrace and feel like they belong to, at the company. Whereas people who just hit the apply button, they don't know where they're applying. It could be Google, it could be the NRA, it could be Hillary's campaign, it could be wherever. It doesn't matter. They just hit apply because they said, it's a job, right? They have no skin in the game. But if you force people, oh, and there is an interesting word, if you force people to watch the video before they apply, instead of offering it or suggesting it or making it an option, what you end up doing is lowering the number of applicants. But the people who would be really, really good applicants, the kind of people you would hire, if they watch the video, they're more likely to apply and stick around and become the hires. Maybe we should be forcing people to watch the video or read the content or read the ebook. Maybe being fast, being speedy, being efficient, being easy apply is no longer working. Now, hold on. Let's not go back to the days of 45-minute typing on, a, on you know, your resume in after you've uploaded it. What he is suggesting is perhaps what if instead of saying, here's how to apply, you simply talk about some of the jobs and say, if, you know, if you're interested in this job, why don't you learn more about this company? And after you watch the video, and after you read a piece of content, and he kind of lines it out, right? He says, first you read this thing, and then you click cool, and then you watch a video, and you watch the video, and you click cool, and you go to the third page, and you say, look, just give us your email address. We'd love to send you more information. So then you give them your email address. It's not an application, it's just an email address. You're effectively signing up for coupons, right? You give the email address, the system, because you know, it's 2019, this is easy stuff. The system then shoots you, depending on what content or which jobs you might be looking at, it might shoot you another piece of content, a video, an ebook, a website, an email, a, I don't know, picture postcard, who cares? And it ships you a piece of content. And having looked at this piece of content, now that's three pieces of content, now it says, now that you understand who we are and what we're all about, if you're still interested in applying, here's the link. 
In a world where we used to measure the distance between intent to apply and the application button in milliseconds and clicks, Shane is now saying, no, 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 space them out, man. Push them apart. And by the way, my Dublin iron accent is horrible, so I'm not going to pretend to do it. Um, space them apart. Make it harder to find the apply button. In fact, keep it from them until they've gone through a couple of hurdles. I think it's a fantastic idea. And I want to take it a step further. He doesn't know I'm going to say this. He has no idea. What if... Actually, let's take a tangent. The reason this works, the reason this happens, is not just because... And there's two pieces of it. There's the obvious piece that I think... I know Shane gets... And then this is where his head is, I think. It's about, look, he, they, you know, now this applicant gets the company. It gets what this company's all about. It gets what the job's all about. It's seen it. It's seen the videos. It's seen the pictures. It's seen the articles. It's seen, it's seen the stuff. There's enough information to make an informed choice, and thus they make a choice. And I would say there's another element on that that is not stated at this point. And that is, if I have to watch a video and I have to read a piece of content, and I have to give him an email address, and then I have to read the next piece of content that you send me before I'm allowed to apply, I have invested my time in your brand, in evaluating and understanding your brand. And because I've invested that time, i.e. I have skin in the game, I am far more likely to complete a process. Because I've gone this far, I don't want to have wasted the time unless I've decided this is a horrible company, I would never want to work for it. By making the process harder on the front, you actually increase commitment on the back end. Think of all those candidates who ghost on you during the offer process. I mean, if I hadn't walked away from a lot of interviews and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to take myself out of consideration because while you made it easier for me, I'm not going to ghost on you. I'm simply going to say, look, this isn't quite what I'm hoping for. So, you know, I would, you know, obviously, if I'm interviewing, it would be great if you offered me a million dollars to you know, do whatever I want. You didn't. So it's not a perfect job for me. So I'm going to walk away. Thanks, you know, it was lovely meeting you and, and blah, 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 blah. I had skin in the game, so I considered it and I didn't walk away. But think of your candidates who ghost. Think of the candidates for whom you made it super easy to apply. One click, absorb the information, spit it into an ATS. And then they walk to the phone screen because it's easy. Or they took the little test, the, uh, the assessment test because it's super easy. Again, super no commitment process. Super easy, right? And then they go to the interview. They're just kind of hanging out. They get a free cup of coffee. They get a free bottle of water. Maybe you're the kind of company that gives swag. So they get free, free swag. But there's no skin in the game. They took an hour or two off. It's not a big deal. You were in the neighborhood. You paid for the flight. Whatever it is. Meh. Whatever. They're not invested in this process. They're in no way invested in this process. So ghosting to them, no skin off their nose. No big deal. You, however, have invested a lot of time and energy in this process. You've rejected other people because you thought this was the person you definitely want to have this person apply. But they didn't have any skin in the game, so they just walked at any point in time. That's where the ghosting thing happens. You think there's a, there's a, a correlation between the subject of ghosting an applicant, as ghosting at an offer level or an interview level, and this super one-click process being a kind of happening at the same time? Do you think that's random? No, it's not a coincidence. One tends to lead to the other. If it's I just have to just kind of blink and I get applied and I get to go through the interview process. Yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. And guess what? I wasn't going to take any of those jobs anyway. I'm going to ghost on you. I didn't have any skin in the game. So I'm going to take this one step further, he says, walking back from his tangent. Yes, sometimes I narrate myself. What? This isn't your first time, probably. Anyway, um, what if, if the goal is to create skin in the game, 
How do you create skin in the game? How do you make that happen? How do you make people feel like, I've given something to make this happen? And you and I both know that time is a pretty tough ask, especially for talented people, right? If you're talking about super experienced, super critical, super uh, uh, um, choosy people, the people who are the amazing, the A-plus candidates we want to hire right off the bat, their time is very, very important to them. So maybe asking them to spend time is a big ask. It's, a fa- it's the functional equivalent of asking them to give you 100 bucks. Probably a lot more, actually, if they thought about it, but let's just pretend. No one's going to give you $100 to apply for a job. That's never going to happen. But what if you asked for a dollar? Huh. Huh. That's interesting. So what if you asked every applicant to just give you a dollar? And in fact, what you would say is, look, if you don't give us a dollar, we'll probably review your resume. But if you give us a dollar and this dollar goes to charity, and we'll tell you exactly who it is and we'll show you details. But if you give us a dollar, we promise to spend three minutes reviewing your, your, interview, your uh, resume. You aren't going to get a skim. You're going to get a lot of consideration. Now, I imagine there's some legal complications that would have to be hashed out, and I'm not going to let you push back out of hand that that's impossible, that's illegal, because I want you to tell me exactly how that's illegal, because this is the sort of thing that happens all the time. If you have a candidate that applies to the system versus a candidate that your CEO says, I met this person at a party, I want you to talk to them, guess what? That second person you're spending more time with. All right? So the concept of being able to buy that attention, I don't think is illegal straight off. Yeah, you might have to quibble and shape some of this stuff a bit, but let's just think about it. If I give you a dollar that you would then give to charity, and I'm thrilled that you're giving it to a charity, you will give my resume more consideration. You will spend, a li- you will spend the requisite three minutes actually reading my resume. You commit to that. That's interesting. What happens there is now, if I really want this job, I'll give you a dollar. If I think this job is really interesting, I will give you a dollar, which you then give to charity. Again, you're not keeping the money. Gosh, you're not that kind of person, are you? Please don't be that kind of person. But because I've given you a dollar, I've invested. Now, at this point, uh, since I'm not a student and I'm not a, you know entry-level person, a dollar is, okay, not a big deal. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, if I lost a dollar, I would not turn the house upside down looking for it, right? You lose a dollar. You left it in your pocket in the wash, and now it's gone. Okay. Right? Right? You give a homeless person a buck. It's not, you're not feeling like you're saving a life, but you're not feeling like you're no longer able to eat, right? It's simple. It's just enough to say, I'm giving something. I'm putting some skin in the game. So then what would happen? Do you think there would be a correlation at the back end to say people who applied by giving a dollar to make sure their resume had the full consideration and wasn't just immediately run through a animated, or not animated, animated, geez, um, an automated scanner or an AI system that said, we're going to stack rank you relative to basic criteria, blah, 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 but in fact, you paid a dollar, so therefore a human being actually reads the darn resume, reads it, not skims it, not looks for keywords, reads it. That's worth a buck. I do that. I'm in for that. And having done so, and being reminded, because then you say, hey, we, just, we read your interview, we read your resume, and we'd love to have you come in for an interview. By the way, that dollar last week got sent to this charity along with a couple thousand other people, and it's doing good in the world. Send me that email. I'm not going to ghost you. Send me that email. I'm far more feeling like, okay, I'm invested in this company. I'm invested in this process. I'm invested in the outcome of what's happened. It's just a dollar, but I have a little bit of skin in the game. 
now that I see the good it's done in the world, now that I see how important this is, suddenly I have some skin in the game. Now I know none of you are going to do this. I, <laughs> I am not a total idiot about this point. I know that you're not going to do it. I know that it's too hard and too complicated, but I want you to think about it. Have we made it too easy for people to apply? Have we removed the skin in the game? And if we do, suddenly we are the only ones with skin in the game. The recruiters are the ones running around desperate to get people to show up to interviews. We have to do all the hustling because we're the ones who, whose jobs are tied to getting you hired. Not an equal relationship anymore. The pendulum has spun the other way. So I want you to think about that. Think of all the different ways you can encourage someone to put more skin in this process, to be invested in the application process, to be invested in the company, in the job, in the outcome, to think about this not just as a, sure, what the hell, but more as a, I can't wait to find out what happens next. That should be part of your process to ensure that your recruitment market and your employer brand really sticks. Because it's a chance to really reinforce that brand too. Like we talked about last time, we're talking about creating meaning in people's minds. This is a way of saying, look, I mean, think about what that says about your brand to say, we will give a full human being read of your resume for a dollar and give that dollar to charity. That says so much. It says we care. It says that we care on a couple levels. We care about you and we care about the charity we're giving to. It says so much. It creates the meaning you're trying to, do, tr trying to create in that person. Such a powerful idea, I think, but I may be totally crazy on this one. If you have ideas for how you could be helping people add skin to the game, how to get them more invested in this process, more invested in the outcome, I'd love to hear it. Obviously, I'm on Twitter, at The War for Talent. I'm on the website, The Talent Cast. You know where I'm on LinkedIn. Most of you have followed me at this point, um, blah, blah, blah. If you like headlines on employer brand stuff, go to tiny, tinyletter.com slash employer branding. I'll put that link in the show notes. I would love to send you headlines every week and just some annotations as to why they're cool and why they're useful. Uh, you know, my job is to make you change the world and sound smart at work. So hopefully between the podcast and the headlines, I'm going to make that happen. All right. I've talked a lot. I'm going to maybe see you next week. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of the Talent Cast. If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, if you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at the War for Talent. At the War for Talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.